Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to this week's episode of Listen Up America. Thank you all for joining me. I'm Eric, and I like to say hello to everybody out there. We've got people all over America, Canada, Mexico, Norway, Sweden, Germany. Then you go down, we have Australia, India. Shout out to India. You guys are crazy. They actually lead the foreign correspondence fan base of India respecting the the thought of conservatism and freedom. So welcome everybody out there. And there's several other countries. It's just, it's awesome. I am truly blessed to have you all listening. But we're going to start this week's episode off with something fun before we get into Chairman Joe's press conference. We're going to do something fun because some of you that know me know that I love sports and I've been watching the NCAA men's basketball tournament because it's the best thing on TV and sports ever. So hit the music. A little Sons of Westwood for you all. And we'll be followed up by the Mighty Bruin. Because there's no marching songs in the world better than what comes out of UCLA. My boys just went to the final four. The final four. The UCLA Bruins back in the UCLA Final Four. See. First, we take off Michigan State. Beat them in overtime in the playing game. They didn't even want us in the tournament. Then we go and smash BYU. Then we get Abilene Christian, which was another Cinderella team, and smack them around good. Beat them by almost, well, we beat them by 20. Then Sweet 16, thanks for playing Alabama. It's been real. Stick to football. Then we take on a number one seed from the Big Ten, University of Michigan. Thanks for playing, boys. Didn't even score 50 points against my Bruins. Big shout out to Johnny Zhujang and Jaime Jaquez playing their butts off. You see, I fight, fight, fight. So I'm celebrating because we're in the final four for the first time in 13 years. It is great to be back and we're staying because the West Coast is back and alive in basketball in the college ranks, peeps. You got USC playing well, Oregon, Oregon State. Oh, and we get to play Gonzaga in the final four, but that's okay. We're going to play. My boys are going to play with all their guts and hearts. And Gonzaga is probably the best team I've seen in 20 years. And we're probably going to get slapped around a little bit, but we're not getting blown out. UCLA is going to fight, fight, fight. So mad respect to Bruin Nation. We're going to the final four. Now I got to bring you all back down to earth. We're going to talk about Chairman Joe 
and the press conference. Here, here's the first clip. We're going to start this off because it was just hilarious. I'm like, good Lord. The guy's been in office at this point for 64 days. Okay? 64 days. He said this. On the, where we stand 65 days into office here. So this is literally within the first minute of the press conference. Doesn't even know how long he's been in office. So I'm going to lay out the visual. If you did not physically watch this with your own eyes and you just heard clips on the radio or whatnot, um, I'm going to give you some perspective on what's happening with this guy. Of course, he shows up late and he kind of does a skip to do. Like he comes through the door by himself and he kind of gets a little hiccup in his step. Like, look at me, I'm spry. It was, it was very subtle, but I, I noticed that. I was like, you yeah, remember, he, he fell up the stairs three times a week ago. So he comes out and he's got, you know, he's got his goodies and there's stuff all over this podium. So he goes to the podium. So the first thing I notice about Joe is his eyes are bug-eyed. He is, you know, normally when he's talking, he looks like that puppet from Jeff Dunham, Walter. It's real squinty. And, and, he, and when he does all of his teleprompter, it's all squinty. His eyes are bulging. Okay. I mean, couldn't get close enough, obviously, to see if his pupils, like, what did they shoot you up with? Because he was uh, a little on the hyper side with his physical activity. Like I said, the little giddy up thing. I'm like, good Lord. He wasn't blinking for a while. These eyes are wide open. He doesn't blink. And I'm like, that's not normal. On the podium, he has several bits of information. He has his cheat sheet card that he keeps in his pocket. He does refer to it. He has like a notebook and he has a binder. And they have all the answers to the questions he's going to be given. Well, that's kind of weird. Um, but this thing was completely, it was a show. It was very structured. It was very controlled and, and extremely orchestrated. There was even documents on that podium that had the name, who they worked for, so somebody from the AP, and had their picture. So as he's looking around the room, now he goes to squint mode, and he's like uh, looking down, looking up, looking down. He gives the, um, I'd like to um, call, um, and we'll play it. You can see this is going to be a <laughs> snooze fest. Joe comes out of the gate and just instantly goes into, look what I did. And half the stuff he's talking about was if not more, was well into motion before he even got elected, let alone sworn in with the COVID rollout. So he wanted to brag about all the people he got vaccinated. And uh, we'll talk about that later because I'm still trying to process that if you've got vaccinated, how we have to live the way we still live. But we'll get there. So back to the press conference. Um, he comes out, and this was like six minutes into it. He does this. And here's the deal. I think my Republican colleagues are going to have to determine whether or not we want to work together or they decide that the way in which they want to proceed is to, uh, is to uh, just uh, um, decide to divide the country, continue the politics of division. This will become a theme of his press conference. He gets frustrated and lost in thought very easily. 
And once he realizes his head is spinning faster than the room, he puts his head down to, and puts hands on the podium and he just starts reading out of the notebook. Doesn't even look up, just stares down and just, you know, division. You know, just like that word popped in. Like, oh yeah, I didn't need to say that word. It was rough to watch 62 minutes of this, but I'm doing it for you because I love you all. And I love this country. So he continues on and uh, we'll have some clips in a minute. He uh, gets back to the bug-eyed thing and he gets the squinty thing and he's bouncing around and questions are coming in. He's calling on all of his favorites. He starts with the AP and he keeps going and then he starts talking. A question is talked about filibusters, right? There's a big thing about filibusters right now. The rule is 60. You have to have 60 votes in the Senate out of 100 to get it to pass. And he goes talking on about, and the reporter, about the abuse of the filibuster. And then they, he talks about how, well, between 1900 and like 1960, it was used like 55 times. And then just in the last year, he talks about how it was used 250% more often. So that basically comes out to, it was like used like almost 250 times in the last year. Okay. Who was in the Senate with a minority running a filibuster to stop everything the Republicans wanted to do when Trump was in charge? Who was it that did that again? Was that the Democrats? So, Everyone's out there in the media and everyone's screaming, the filibuster's racist. It's not a, they used it 200 plus times just last year of Trump's four-year run. Just, just boom, 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 boom. Just filibuster like crazy. That makes them racist, right? By their own logic. They said it's racist to do it. They do it and they've done it hundreds of times. That means they're racist. I mean, I know they are because you just listen to them and watch what they do and say and how they treat everybody. They are. But they're actually admitting it. See, this is the thing you guys don't, but you can kind of like skim past that. They're literally telling you what they are when they accuse you because they're the ones committing all these outrageous acts. Filibuster. Yeah, that's like Democrat 101. That's what they do. But now they have the majority, but the Republicans can return the favor. And they don't like it. They want to get things done. So we're going to railroad this thing, and we're going to get a 50-50 vote, and then Vice Chair Kamala, come on down, say aye, and we're moving on. That's how they're going to deal with the filibuster. Trump and the Republicans didn't do that. They said, well, if it ain't going to happen, it ain't going to happen. We play this game. I kind of like it when the government doesn't do anything because it means they're not taking any more of my money, and they're not taking any more of my freedoms. The less they do, the safer I feel. So he goes on, and it, uh, go ahead and play the clip. It's too good. We should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. What? So what, does that make him like 165, 170, maybe 200 years old? He didn't even stop to correct himself. He just bug-eyed, steamrolled right through that. So he's uh, been in the Senate for 120 years. Congratulations to that. And no one ever questioned it. The media ever said, wait, did you say 120 years? Nah, they're going to ask no questions like that. Moving on. We'll just pretend we didn't hear that. So then he comes up to this next stumble. So Chairman Joe's trying to explain how he likes to work in the Senate. And he says this. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. 
I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you — if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to — anyway, I'm — we're going to get a lot done. Outrageous, he said. Yeah, that was outrageous. Did you hear a double negative in there at the beginning, talking about his — I thought I did. I thought I heard a double negative instead of just saying, this is how I handle things well in the Senate. He was like, when I'm super poor, not like in the, I'm, oh God, it was painful. Guys, we're not even 20 minutes into the press conference and this is what we're getting. This is what it sounded like. So he called on 10, I told you. Here's just two. And these are the next two. Here's how he called on the media and his struggles to do this. Remember, he's got cheat sheet in front of him, notes, photos, names, everything. He's got everything right there. You can almost hear like paper flipping and things like that, but here you go. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, Sangmeng, Miss Kim. Um, let me get here. Okay. Uh, um, Cecilia Vega. I'm going to remind you guys that when Trump was in office, these same exact people would cut him off in the middle of questions and would criticize him because he put his finger and thumb together and he talked like that. That was like his little tick. And, you know, and he would always make fun of his voice because I'm going to do amazing things. You know, that kind of thing, right? And you're just going, that's what you got? You're making fun of the way he sounds and his, and his hand gesture. That's what you got. We got a guy up here. Uh, um, uh, is it nap time? Uh, who, uh, Hmm. I don't, gee, mm, you know the thing. Come on, man. And nobody goes, this guy is messed up. No, 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 no. You guys just lay back and you let great, 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 great grandpa, because he's, you know, that old, just meander on and struggle out in front of the country and worst of all, the planet. All of our enemies, all of our allies are watching this. So we move on and a question gets asked. And this is about Donna, Texas, in one of the uh, facilities down there. And we're going to play the question and then his reaction. This is like halfway. So you can kind of see whatever shot or pill or whatever they gave him starting to wear off because the bug eye is settling down. But it will come back in a little bit. Tell you about that. Follow, sir. You mentioned uh, circumstances that must be horrific. The Customs and Border Protection Facility in Donna, Texas, I was there, is at 1,556% capacity yep. right now with mostly unaccompanied minors. There are kids that are sleeping on floors. They are packed into these pods. I've spoken to lawyers who say that they, some of these children have not seen the sun in days. What's your reaction? What is your reaction to these images that have come out from that particular facility? Is what's happening inside acceptable to you? And when is this going to be fixed? I, I, that's a serious question, right? Is it acceptable to me? Come on. Yes, it is a serious question and a big concern that you created this. And we just, you know, she was being super nice asking like, so what are you going to do about it? And he talks about it in the next couple of minutes by not talking about it. You know, Trump's fault. Even though I changed everything Trump did on the border and went 180 on it, flipped it, it's all Trump's fault. He gets old. Right? You just sit there going, you can only 
cry wolf and point fingers so much before you, Hey, remember when you're pointing at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Happens every time. If you're a daycare provider in this country, preschool, things like that, and you had maybe the, your license for capacity of 10, now you've got 115. <laughs> you're going to jail. You're, you're going to lose your business, your insurance. You're going to probably be sued by 115 families. Um, and it's just going to be endless. But not Chairman Joe and our gov. Democrats are like, it's all good. Just because it looks like a Chipotle burrito display counter for to-go orders. It's all good. Come on, man. You know, so this goes on. At this point, we're not even halfway through. We haven't even hit the 30-minute mark. And it just, it's, I'm going to try and spare you guys some, but there's a couple of interesting things. Uh, later in the press conference, he's asked a question. And at this point, my head's spinning. I don't even remember what it was. But he says, I've got three things. He said two. He didn't even get to the third thing, um, which was just priceless. I'm like, okay, forgot. He, just another one of those brain fart. His eyes are dimming a little bit. He's he at this point he is now looking down and reading his notes and the answers that are pre prepared for him. He's just reading it. He's not even looking anyone in the eyes really anymore. He's just a mess and it's going downhill. Then something really weird happened. Like 40 minutes into it. He's asked a question by a friend, right? These are all liberal communist media outlets. This is NBC, ABC, CNN. This is all the left-wing propaganda stuff. That's all it's only called on. And the lady asked the question, I believe it was economic-based jobs and things like that. And Joe, we don't even know why. I think the medicine kicked in or something, like a second wind or something. Something crazy happened because he got pissed. He starts yelling, and everyone's just like, why is he yelling? I mean, we know he's going, why would he just? It was weird. So play the clip. I meant what I said when I ran, and a lot of you still think I'm wrong, and I respect that. So I'm running for three reasons. To restore the soul, dignity, honor, honesty, transparency to the American political system. Two, to rebuild the backbone of this country, the middle class. Hard-working people and people struggling in the middle class. They built America. And unions built them. Why are you yelling? Why are you mad? That was crazy. I mean, he just... Little rage moment there. And uh, remember, he took no questions from Fox News, the New York Post, the Washington Examiner, uh, Newsmax, The Blaze. None of it. None of the people that would actually challenge him half as much as these same people crucified Trump in the middle of him talking. I mean, Trump will be, so I'd like to think that the economy will be going this way and we're going to start instituting a crackdown on it. Wait a minute, can I just, no, 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 no. Like, I, come on, i just like to say something here real quick before you start cutting me off again. Complete 180. They are holding his hand wiping his nose. He had two handlers, Saki and somebody else were sitting off to the side. And from time to time, you could see them. And they were pretty much in control of everything going on in that room. It was really, really weird and, and very sad that they put this, this guy can't, <laughs> six month clock's ticking. He did say that he intends to run again. That's a joke. Uh, he won't see the end of this term. But this whole thing was so beyond scripted 
and obvious and fake that that's the best he could do with everything in his, remember, leading up to this, he took like three days, he didn't do nothing. Then he had one little thing on a day for a couple hours and he went back to doing this. And he still had to pull out the cheat sheet card. Oh, I got the numbers right here, so it's like 13%. He cannot remember what he had for breakfast after he finishes his coffee. He just can't. And that guy is your, he's the chairman. In the entire world, world leaders, enemies, and friends saw this firsthand. This guy's cheese is slid off his cracker. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. Meanwhile, in other news, so the San Francisco school board vice president, she's a peach. Her name's Allison Collins. And I cannot tell by the photo if she's a white woman. I'm kind of betting she is, but she may be mixed race. And I only say that because of what she's about to say. She's uh, come under increasing fire this week after a campaign to have her removed from office revealed their social media post from 2016, um, where she made several racist comments against Asian Americans. She's a real nasty human being. I mean, this, this woman is, God, San Francisco. Yeah. This is what she said. I grew up in mostly Asian schools and know this experience all too well. Many Asian Americans believe they benefit from the model minority BS. She continues, in fact, many Asian Americans, teachers, students, and parents actively promote these myths. They use white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. She keeps going. It gets better. Talk to many parents and you'll hear praise of tiger moms and disparagement of black brown culture. She continues, where are the vocal Asians speaking up against Trump? Don't Asian Americans know that they're on the list as well? Do they think they won't be deported, beaten? Being a house N-bomb is being a N-bomb. You're still considered the help. Okay, let's unwrap this racist rant. Again, super liberal communist in San Francisco using horrible language. I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure she's white. Just, I mean, it just, her hair is, looks like white. It's grayish white hair. And it's like longish. I don't know. Like I said, she could be mixed, but this ignorant broad is the vice president of the school board in San Francisco. And she's mad that tiger moms, that's not racist, are holding their kids accountable. Well, if they're a tiger mom, what the heck does that make me? Polar bear dad? I mean, what is that? We're supposed to hold the kids accountable. We're not letting them run the streets and do whatever they want and torment and just run amok. We'll get to some of the run amok here in a minute. But I said it before and said it again. Well, there's nothing wrong with 
the brown culture, the Hispanic culture, assimilating to the American value. And if I'm to be so bold as to say, what is wrong with the white culture? Our kids are graduating from high school at a higher rate than the rest of you. It isn't because they're white. It's because we make them. Or else, there's consequences. My foot and their butt is one of them. But if you don't even know they're going to school, you know, they missed 272 days over a couple years. I didn't know. I know. How do you not know? You don't want to know. It's a cultural thing. And we're just trying to raise the bar. Let everybody, everybody of all color go, hey, black media, look at the black middle class families that are in suburbia now. Their kids are thriving. They're playing athletics. They're getting grades. They're going to Stanford and USC, and they're going to all the good schools. Not because I'm holding them back. Not because Donald Trump said something or this white supremacist nonsense. Because we're holding our kids accountable. We're setting goals together. We're getting them accomplished together. I don't just send my boys into the rooms and get it done. We talk about all this. We are actively participating in their education. Even in college, you don't stop being a parent after you, you know, you knocked her up nine months and you just don't walk away. A lot of the culture in this country, minority, do walk away. But it seems like the Asian community doesn't and the white community doesn't. And this is just a general rule. We stick around. We made it because we wanted him. And even if we didn't, we, we take responsibility. That is not a bad thing. Try doing that. Make the first step. Take responsibility. See where that gets you. As far as I know, this woman's still employed. So liberal media is getting its butt kicked uh, a little bit this week on social media and by its competitors. CNN and uh, there's one Williams of Fox News, and we'll get to that after this. CNN received swift backlash. Y'all heard about in Washington, D.C., the Uber driver? The Pakistani gentleman that uh, was getting carjacked, his name was Mohammed Anwar. He delivers food, right? That's, that's what the uh, Uber thing is. I think it was what he was doing at the time. Yeah, Uber Eats. So he's just picking up food, delivering food, going back and forth, doing his thing. This is how he makes his living in a really tough time. He's got this nice, I think it was a Toyota. He's got a nice car. It's his car. Paid for the car. A 13 and a 15-year-old approach him and attempt to carjack him. They get in his car and they drive down. Well, they happen to have a taser. They're tasering him while the drive's going on. People are filming this. He's driving down the street. It's kind of swerving. Makes a turn. You hear, boom, crash. Yeah, the car flipped because, again, they're tasering him as he's driving. And uh, he fell out of the car, and the car landed on top of him. CNN, when his first time, said it was an accident. They called it an accident. Juan Williams of Fox News, and he's on that show, The Five, in the afternoon. He's the uh, liberal out of the group of The Five. And he always says the most stupid, ignorant things, and he didn't let us down here. He said the kids were just out for a joyride. Right. You know, 13, 15, by the way, they're, they're black. 13 to 15 year old girls got nothing better to do, but like, you know what? Let's go jack that guy's car. Let's go take it for a spin. looks like a nice car. Oh, they're armed with a taser. So taking a weapon to take a car is a joyride. 
or is that Grand Theft Auto? And then on top of it, murder. Because looks like they're going to be charged with murder, thankfully. But it's just like we've I've been talking about. When it comes to shooters, and if there's a white person involved in a crime, you will hear about it. If it is a Middle Easterner, a light-skinned person, an Asian, a black, brown, they'll never say the race. There was a shooting in Orange County just uh, a day ago or so. And I heard what part of Orange County it was in and where he went, and I'm going, that guy, I'll dollars to donuts, he's brown. And I was right. But the title of all the stories from LA Times, all the news stations, I'm watching Channel 5, so just because I, I just wanted to hear them not say the race. And they didn't. They didn't mention the race. They knew who it was. They released the name, and it was kind of odd because it was kind of like a Muslim Spanish name. But, you know, it was like Mohammed Sanchez. I don't know his name. I don't even care. Uh, he's a scumbag. He apparently knew the people. He killed a kid involved, too. Just locked the door. Didn't have an AR-15. He just had a pistol which does exactly what an AR-15 does. They both shoot one bullet, one trigger. But anyway. You know, so just, they sit there, they're just, you can hear it. God, we so want it to be a white guy. And it's not, again. But they get criticized. This was kind of funny. So I'm looking at some of these uh, tweets that came out. I'm just going to read some of them so you kind of get the tone of, there's even people on the left. Keith Oberman. If you don't know who he is, He's a communist. He used to work on ESPN. Then he had his own thing on MSNBC and whatever. And he is a full-blown communist. In all capitals. Hey, anybody home? This is not an accident. That's what he said. These girls made a whoopsie when they murdered this man. Total accident. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. They're good kids. Kids murder in cold blood, make mistakes. That was a comedian. Tim Dillon mocked it. Wonder what took CNN so long to report what the rest of us did days ago doesn't advance their poisonous race narrative. That's why Fox news host, Laura Ingram, a white man shoots six Asians and two white people. And he is a white supremacist. A Middle Eastern man shoots up a store and well, don't jump to conclusions. Two black girls assault a man with a taser and murder him. And it's an accident. Oh, the hypocrisy. It just goes on. Two girls murdered a man after carjacking him. Fixed it for you. Another person responded. So I guess the hope is just people with a sense of humanity are kind of going, you know, forgetting politics and agendas, just going, those two girls had intent. They were to steal a car. Did they want to murder them? Probably not, but they did bring a weapon. They wanted that car. They had a plan. That's called Grand Theft Auto. And it escalates like it always does. Everything escalates. When someone resists arrest, no matter the color, it escalates. When you bring a weapon to the, to the dance, it escalates. So here we go again. It's only good race if it's a white race. Everything else, we don't mention that. because. <laughs> so in San Diego, during spring break, uh, the wonderful teachers of the San Diego Unified School District decided we're going to go and we're going to teach the migrant children. Isn't that nice of them? And uh, these are the same people that won't go to class and teach, you know, the kids that actually live there and their citizens and their parents pay their salary and pay for the infrastructure of the schools and everything around them. They, they've got no time for that, but they're going to take the time and do this. Mind you, they're being paid for not really doing much. But it was interesting. And this is where I found, like, 
the truth is in between the lines, right? Because they're never going to tell you everything. So even the White House press corps is asking, is like, so what's going on here? He goes, well, you'd have to ask the school teachers. From all I understand is they volunteered. Did they? Did they, though? Do you really think that the San Diego Unified School District teachers went, I don't feel like teaching these kids and under these conditions, but I'm going to go to detention centers for migrants who none of them, probably 99%, if, if not higher, don't even speak English. But they're going to go down. They're going to teach these kids for a week. I don't know what they're going to get accomplished. What do you get accomplished in a week? My wife sets things up weeks in advance. And these people are like, I'll be there tomorrow. Do you think it's possible that the federal government just gave border cities like San Diego a ton of money and they decided, if you come to this for a week on your spring break, I'll give you fill in the blank. An empty check, right? A grand, two grand, five grand. Just come down and do this. And they all jumped at it. Money talks. BS walks. This next article, we're going to talk about this more because it's becoming a very big thing and it shouldn't be a big thing, but it is. Everybody's hearing about the new Georgia law that the Republicans in Georgia passed to make sure no minority ever votes again. That's what the media wants you to believe. And that's what Chairman Joe wants you to believe. And everybody else is talking about. Washington Post, again, this is his number one ally, gave him four Pinocchios for his whopper about the new Georgia voting law. Okay? You can't get more than four. That means you flat out, everything you just said was a lie. And it is a lie. If you only listen to the media and and the Democrats, and you don't even take a second to read the damn thing for yourself, because you can, or listen to a differing opinion to go, that's really weird. You guys are saying completely opposite. Truth's probably somewhere in the middle, maybe somewhere in there. And you got to be able to take the time to look into this. But here's the Georgia law. It's, and other states have this and are doing this too, that are Republican-led because Democrats don't want to do anything to do with this. So the Georgia voting law is simply this, okay? Are you paying attention? It does not restrict any race, any person in their registered district from voting. Doesn't. By no means. It says... You have to have identification. So you either have to bring an ID, driver's license, or, you know, I guess if you don't drive, you just got yourself a a government ID. And you show up and you show it. They check your name. This is what used to happen back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, a little bit of the 90s before it just went to hell, at least in California. And they check it off and you go vote. And then you're done. And if you come back to try and do it again, you show the ID, it'll go, you've already voted. It'll track you. That's the point. Everybody in this country that's a legal citizen that is registered to vote has the constitutional right to vote once. Nobody has more than that. Everybody's voice and vote, you have one. You don't get to vote 50 times. You don't get to vote two times. You get to vote once. This bill is enforcing the integrity of the elections for the future. Because, again, it went down dirty. And until the Democrats are going to come out and go do a full, thorough, bipartisan investigation in what went down, 
You're not going to convince 80 million people otherwise. You're not going to. The more you try to ignore it and play it off and scream Jim Crow and racism, the more ignorant you sound and more desperate you sound. So they're talking angles. You can't, they won't even bring them water. Okay, here's the thing. A partisan election official, someone related to a campaign, cannot go down the line and give anybody water, food. You're not even allowed to even talk to them. You have to keep distance away from the polling place. It's like some place is 100 feet, some is 100 yards. You can't be anywhere. Propaganda posters, they can't have any of that stuff there. It is supposed to be neutral ground where you as a person, unintimidated, unprovoked to just go vote what you want to vote, damn everybody. That's what it's supposed to be. So this game, well, there, I'm going to bring them water. Well, you can bring your own water. When did that become a problem? I mean, back in the day, I, you know, everyone would just go to their spigot and the hose and just drink water. Now, we are buying water in a bottle on a shelf for $1.50 a bottle. It's water. You can take a bottle and fill it at home. It's free. You can actually put it in the freezer for you to get a little cold chill to it so it's nice and pleasant. So if it's a hot day, Democrats think, I mean, because they keep referring to black, they, they really think that the black people are just stupid. Just, just, they can't even get up in the morning stupid. You heard Joe talking about, you don't know how to use the internet. So they think that the entire black community doesn't have a driver's license or an ID. Okay, black community, how many of you drive? Bunch of hands just went up. What? How many have ID? Boom. You have to. Why do you have to? If you're going to live in this country and you want to get your kid in school, you got to show ID. If you want to rent an apartment, a house, a trailer, you have to have ID. They run background checks on this, right? Financials, credit scores. All that kind of stuff. You have to have ID. You have to have somebody. To go into the hospital and get an appointment with a doctor, you have to have ID. If you want to pick up a prescription, you have to have ID. They're not just going to give drugs to anybody. You have to have ID. You have to have ID for everything. To, to suggest, but the black people don't, and it's holding them back, and they won't come vote. If they can't get up and go vote or get their ID, then they shouldn't be voting. Anybody, brown, white, I don't care. If you can't get an ID, you're not voting. And to cry about it, go get an ID. Go get your driver's license. Take tests. Do something. This is not rocket science. But, oh, the minorities, the black people are just so oppressed. They're never going to get to come and vote because white man said, one vote, one ID. That's what the whole law is about. It has nothing to do with water bottles. It has the only thing it says is, again, Stacey Abrams thinks she's the governor of Georgia, but lost, but is yet to concede years later. Is screaming, as a big black woman, you can't bring water, Stacey. You cannot. You are a Democrat operative and run that state for the Democrats. You cannot go out there and talk to these people or do anything. you got to stay away. Your time for talking was the day before and all the time after. But day of voting, shut your holes. Let everyone get in line and vote what they want to vote. And the results will be what they'll be. And I guarantee you, a country will be much more unified and understanding of a process that's true and honest than the shenanigans. But the Democrats need the shenanigans. 
Look at their agenda. They're sitting here. They're not even rolling nearly anything out. They're just attacking Trump right now. Border's gone to hell. Media members, they're asking, can we go down? No. <laughs> no, you're not going down there. President and the president? No, you're not going down there. What you got to hide? We know what you got to hide. It's a nightmare that they created. Trump ain't around. You can't blame the guy that hasn't been there and lost the election in November. It ain't on him. You reversed everything. The bartender finally spoke up. She had to be pinned down. She was doing one of those Instagrammy, look at me, I, I'm going to talk because nobody on the media lets me talk because I'm really stupid. And she, she's just stupid. She's the one waitress that comes to your table empty-handed. She's just a nitwit. But she had a couple things. She went on some inane rant that made no sense. It was completely just, just jibber-jabber. She got all upset because someone says, how come you haven't spoken out about what's going on at the border? And she's just, you're a white supremacist if you believe there's a problem at the border because you don't want people in here. Well, we don't want people in here, but we want people in here legally. There's video of these two coyote dudes taking a three-year-old and a five-year-old at night and they're just on a 14-foot wall. They're just taking them and just bombs away, dropping them on the American side. They jump back over to their side and just run up the hill and take off. They just drop these kids in the middle of the desert in the night. I don't want that. What the hell? That's a problem. It's not white supremacy, you nitwit. That's criminal. That's negligence. Her parents should be thrown in jail and taken custody away. If you're sending your kid all by themselves and giving them to these, these animals. Yeah, they're animals. The cartels and gangs are animals. You are no better. Just get them the hell out of here. There's nothing about these people that embraces the American dream. This is a nightmare and it's all on them. I gotta get my glasses on for this one. She got all riled up. She's uh, all upset because, you know, a surge, when you say a word a surge, you're pushing white supremacy. Here we go again. But even the New York Times uses the term. So her buddies at the Times, they say it's a surge all the time. So I guess they're white supremacists. See, they never not prove me right. They're screaming one thing. It's because that's what they live and believe. She only cares about the power in her future in the party and how much power she can have, and how much money. So much so, like next week, we're going to talk about, holy crap. Yeah, I said it, crap. The Green New Deal. The infrastructure bill. Oh, we're going to break that down. And you're going to smash your head against the wall because it's a joke. Like everything that they do is a joke. But yeah, the bartender, she crawled out of her refrigerator and spoke. Just sad. So I've told you all about how the left-wing media, they're all together on this. And you can watch it any day of the week. You can watch all the network channels. You can watch all the cable news channels and you can read articles from your favorite left-wing rags. And they use the same phrasing, the same words every day. An agenda set. Somebody says something, this is what we use and they all use it. Oh, Eric, come on. Associated Press tells reporters not to say crisis. So they sent an email out telling them, don't use the word crisis when it comes to the border but they had no problem using that word when Trump was the president. It was a crisis when Trump's in charge. It's not a crisis that Biden's in charge and the border is non-existent and they're just flowing. Nope. It is not a conspiracy. It is a fact. The Democratic Party, I believe, is run by the liberal media. 
They set the tone and narrative. They choose the words they will and will not say, and they will tell other journalists what to say. And they follow like sheep because they got a message to get out. They have an enemy to destroy. And that enemy is conservatism, is Republican, is anyone, no matter your race, that disagrees with the political agenda of the left. You will be crucified and we will not uphold the same standards to other people, just you. They're good, you're bad. That's what they do. And this is another example of it. So here's another, the left wing got caught in a lie and got called out for it. So they had to uh, correct it and apologize. NPR, that's National Public Radio, right? This is a taxpayer-funded media organization that slams conservatism and the Constitution and Republicans all day long. They're funded by those same very people. They go out there, they issue major correction after falsely claiming Hunter Biden's laptop story was discredited by intelligence. So those that don't know, Hunter Biden is the son of Chairman Joe. He's a crackhead. Literally, he's an addict. He's a crackhead guy. He's still doing it, as far as we know, every day. He likes hanging out with underage and because there's video footage and photos all over this laptop. The FBI's had it for almost two years now, and they aren't doing anything with it because, well, that's the son of the guy. So it just sits there. But the guy that had the laptop that was given it in the first place to fix it, he has everything on it. And he's given it to multiple people for protection. Like if he gets killed or something, the information's out there. So Hunter knocks up a stripper, gets her pregnant, and this guy is nonstop. Gets kicked out of the Navy because he's a crackhead. He's just a loser. He's the same guy that his dad hooked up with Ukraine to make some money. The guy has no experience in any of these positions of energy and things like that and financials and banking. But, you know, China's sending him money. Ukraine's sending Everyone's sending him money. He's as qualified to do this as any of you. Next time you go into a fast food joint, hit the drive-thru. The person you're talking to, as qualified as Hunter Biden to do any of it. That's not a slam. It's just a reality. I'm just giving you a perspective. The person that takes your money and verifies your order at the window and gives you the food is as qualified as Hunter Biden to do any of this. And he's being paid millions. NPR came out and just says, nope, nope. Intelligence said it's nothing but a lie. They never said that. But they, they said it. And then, of course, all the other media and the cable say, yep, see, it's all discredited right there. Sources say. It's always sources say. Anonymous. My uncle's brother's sister's cousin's third wife said. It's always that. And then they get busted and they have to come out and they finally go, yeah, that never happened. The, the, the laptop is legit. You know, it's legit. It won't go anywhere because of who it involves. Laws apply to you and me. Laws do not apply to them. They're above the law, lovey. Where's the crack? Get the pipe and let's toke on some crack. We're the whores. We need more whores. These people are disgusting. Hunter Biden. Well, NPR says they're sorry. They were wrong. So, uh, <laughs> transgender news, Megan Rapinoe. I think that's how you say her name. She's on the women's soccer team. She's been playing on the team for like 20 years. She is the very openly gay woman. I believe she married a woman out of the WNBA. Um, congratulations. She, she penned an essay. <laughs> it's really funny. 
saying that men and boys should be allowed to play women's sports. She's all for it. <laughs> like, are you for real? Megan, I hope someone gives you this, and I'm sure they won't, but I'm sure other people are going to talk to you about this because it's absurd. So Megan is playing a sport, and she's cool with guys playing it. Well, I'm going to give you guys a little history about women's sports. I'm not particularly a fan. I think women's tennis is pretty cool. Um, it's always fun to watch. The, the girls, um, their athletic abilities and skills are well-matched, so you get a good thing. You know, if Serena Williams was to play Roger Federer, we'll say five, ten years ago, when they're both in their prime, Serena loses six loves, six loves, six loves, six loves. We'll go until you win a game. Ain't going to happen. She's never going to win one game on him. Not going to happen. Eric, you're crazy. You're so sexist and transphobic. Blah, blah, blah. So back in 2017, Megan and her girls took on a boys team. Under 15. These are 14-year-old boys from America. I believe this was one of the teams down in Texas. They played a game. Exhibition game played. Our saintly U.S. women's soccer team was defeated 5-2. to two. Now, put that in perspective, I don't think the girls have given up five goals ever in 20 years to anybody other than these boys that went out and handed them a whooping. 5-2 in soccer is the equivalent of 42-10 to 10 in football. Was it close? No. Grown women that think they're all that in a bag of chips and should be paid just like men, can't beat 14-year-old boys. Well, that was a fluke. Was it, though? See, the Australian women's soccer team, two years later, so it's 2019, pre-COVID, the women's team down in Australia is actually pretty good in comparison to the Americans' team. And they, they make that final four, final eight, they're pretty regular. They played a boy under 15 team down there. So these are 14-year-old boys that they're playing. These are 20, 22, 25, 35-year-old women on all these teams that are the world's best. The Australian women were beat 7-0. Sorry, 7-0. That's the equivalent of back in the 80s of Oklahoma beating Temple 77-0. The game was over when they got off the plane. That's what we call that. So Megan is all good with guys playing sports. And I'm telling you, you know what? I've said it before. I think they should. I think guys should start playing girls sports. Just screw it. Let's end girls sports completely. We just put the minor leagues for the women. I don't need to watch crappy girls soccer. I can watch crappy guys soccer. I hate soccer, by the way. But I don't need to watch U.S. hockey girls play. No. I want to see another guy's team play because they're just better. I want to see Lakers light. So you got LeBron and all them. Well, let's get our G squad or whatever they call it, G League. And let them play the WNBA. Put that on, put a wig on them, I guess, and call her. I mean, this is absurd. She's like a woman's right and wants fair. You want fair and you want to introduce men into your sport. You can't beat 14 year olds. Now, I love my country. And I love the fairness of opportunity. There are two genders. There are boy and girl. There's boy locker room, girl locker room. There's boy parts and there's girl parts. That's it. 
what you feel and what you want to act like. And, you know, who was it that just came out and said they're pansexual? It's a singer, Demi Lovato. I know the name, don't know any music, don't care to know any music because all that stuff they do is garbage. She comes out and says, I'm pansexual. I'm attracted to anything and everything. Did you know that it was a thing? I didn't know pansexual. My wife and I look at each other. I didn't even think my boys were like, I don't know. Gotta look that one up. Pansexual. No, you either heterosexual or you're homosexual. That's it. You play on the same team or you play on opposite teams. That's it. No, not her. She's into anything and everything. So I didn't really want to get into it, but she said she's in, attracted to anything. That was her quote. So you're into inanimate objects, like what, statues, paintings, trees, bushes? I, I'm going to go there. Animals? Are you into animals? What's the, what else is there? I'm like, so it's, she's all into, I mean, what are you into dogs or cats? You got a parrot? What, what are you doing? This is a mental health thing. This is, I feel. Well, feelings are mental and they're come out of the brain. She uses drugs. We know that. I think she's the one that's OD'd several times. She's a basket case. Her life is out of control. Oh, pansexual. So I guess she's having sex with animals. I don't know, because how do you have sex with an inanimate object other than ones with C-cell batteries in them? I don't know. I, this whole thing is just stupid. I want equal pay. Well, you know what? Put in equal talent. Entertain me. Get more than 100 people to even care. The women's sport was out of control. It was a nice little run in the 90s. You know, it was cute. It was fun. It was new. It's old. Soccer sucks. Sorry, I know I got a lot of people out there in the world, and I, I do like the World Cup, but I like watching the other teams play because I think, you know, Portugal and Denmark and Germany, they're just better at it because they don't have baseball and, you know, football and all that stuff. They, you know, they just have, like, one or two sports, so they get to really build their talent pool. America, you know, about 48 different things you can do. And they do. So I'm just not a fan. I played it as a kid. Oh, it's boring. You know, it's just boring. I don't get it. I'm not going to get it. Give me college basketball and college football any day of the week. Ice hockey, love it. Just a faster-paced version of, of soccer. And the cool thing is in hockey is like when you actually touch somebody in hockey and hit the other guy, yeah, shit, that's for real. Not like soccer where it looks, looks like the guy is like five feet away from everybody. And then it's like there's a sniper up in the corner. Pow. Man down. Man down. Oh, my God. And you're just going, why is that guy on the ground? And he gets right up and he got limps for like three steps, smiles, and goes to running. Okay. Drama. A lot of these soccer players, in my opinion, should be on Broadway and, and working theater because it's just not that funny or entertaining. But yeah, there you go, Megan. She wants guys in the sport. Okay. Put them in. I think the women's national team should be represented in the future by the under 15 club. Let the boys go out there and represent Team America against all the other countries and we'll whip their butts. I'm all for it. Sign them up. Now, in seriousness, to all the young women out there and the parents that have daughters, this is crap. This is what you got to fight. You got to speak up. I don't have a daughter. I'll speak up because I'm a big mouth. And I, I know what's wrong is wrong. I'm going to say it's wrong. But you got to speak up. You got to fight this. If you want to have a family, you better start fighting this because you're going to get a daughter. 
And you're going to tell her, yeah, you can't play basketball. You can't play soccer. You can't play track because you're just not good enough. There's 10-year-old boys that can do what you do at 14. So you're out. It's nuts. You got to stand up to this and stop it. And last, we got to talk about the vice chair. You know, we played the clips of her cackling. She cackles all the time. You ask her a question. I'm not kidding you. We'll have to play a compilation maybe next week. We'll put something together. She's asked the question and she just, she sounds like a bad Hillary. So you're going to go to the border? <laughs> Why would I do that? Are you going to do that? <laughs> She's like a bad joker. It's, it's brutal. It's like, here comes the lie. She starts, it's a, it's a trick in her head. She starts laughing. Here comes the lie. She is super PO'd that the vice chair residence is going through renovation and she has to like stay somewhere else. That's like 70,000 square foot. It's just ridiculous. She, the, the things they complain about, why don't you just kick Joe out of his room and send him to the other side? He wouldn't know. Take the big boy bed, whatever. This is what they complain about. <laughs> Kamala Harris, vice chair. Oh, poor thing. You got to live in a big house. Go to San Francisco, LA, Seattle, Portland. Go to any of the big cities. <laughs> tent cities, what you're going to see. They don't even have a house. They don't have walls. They got a tent or cardboard. But, you know, poor you. So that's it, guys. Thank you for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the Green New Deal and the joke that is. Peace to the world. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America.